right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. All right, guys, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Solly here. Uh, got a really fun interview for you today. Uh, Tron, Neil, and I went out to the uh, Charles Schwab Championship this past week uh, on the senior circuit. Did an interview with Colin Montgomery that came out uh, earlier this past week. Hope you got a chance to tune into that one. Uh, and this interview today is with Paul Goidos and Kevin Sutherland, two really interesting guys, guys that have been around the game for a long time, have had a ton of success, but aren't the household names that uh, you know you may see on the top of a lot of leaderboards on the senior tour every week or the guys you remember the most on the PGA tour. But these are the guys with the best stories, the most insightful guys, the guys that are not afraid to wing it, say some things. And this was pretty much that kind of interview. These guys were awesome, had so much insight. We couldn't get rid of them. They wanted to stick around for even, I think it's about an hour and a half long interview and uh, we couldn't get them out of there. They, uh, they, they wanted to stay forever. It was awesome. Great time. Uh, thanks to the Schwab people for helping set set all these interviews up, and uh, we got another one that'll come out some point here in the fall as well. Before we do get going, a reminder, if you are looking to get some Christmas gifts for friends, uh, if you're looking, maybe send this to a significant other, if you are looking for, uh, if they're looking for gift ideas for you, Callaway is offering a two dozen ChromeSoft or ChromeSoft X golf ball deal for just $70, including free personalization. You know about the Chrome Soft. It combines tour-proven distance and performance with exceptional feel, driven by the groundbreaking graphene-infused Dual Soft Fast Core. So whether you're stocking up for yourself or you want to go ahead and knock out this gift for a golfer on your list for this season, go to CallawayGolf.com. Take advantage of this offer while it lasts. You've heard me say a million great things about the Chrome Soft. Uh, it's been my most successful year in my entire golf life, and it's been in a large part thanks to the Chrome Soft Golf Ball. So CallawayGolf.com for more information. Without further delay, here's Kevin Sutherland and Paul Goidos. I do my best to try to direct questions uh, at each of them so you'll recognize their voice. I think you should probably pick up whose voice is whose within the first couple of minutes. But uh, thanks for tuning in, and thanks to both these guys for the time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. We, we're having ourselves a day out here uh, at the Charles Schwab Championship, third podcast of the day. Uh, joined first across the table, Mr. Paul Goidos. How you guys doing? Thank you for being here. And joined by what Billy Andre described as your lover, yeah. <laughs> oh, great. Kevin yeah. Sutherland. Uh, yeah, yeah, good Billy. to be here. Where, yeah. That sounds like Billy. It does. Where does that come from? Uh, we just, we're spending a lot of time together. We, pra- uh, we, we play we practice, practice rounds together. together. I mean, yeah. you know, the you get to spend time with your friends. That's that's where the fun yeah. is. If I had to play practice by myself, I wouldn't play them. Were you guys friends going back to your uh, PGA Tour days? College, back to yeah. college. Yeah. Where'd you guys go to school? He went to Fresno State. I went to Long Beach State. Same conference. Yeah. Same okay. Conference. We played a lot of golf together in college. Yeah. And then mini, At first tour school. Tours. Tour school. Yeah. Fort Ord. Paul, what's your first memory of Kevin? Wow. Probably college. I, 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 we didn't know each other in junior golf because he was NorCal, SoCal. Um, Fresno State was really good back then. We weren't. Long Beach, we, we were terrible. I mean, I never played in an NCAA tournament. And I remember getting paired with Kevin, and, and him and his brother both played at Fresno State. They both had this backswing that went, you know, took his backswing to a quarter of the way back. I can hit six shots. You know, it, we were such polar opposites in how we play and we approach the game. And I, that's the thing. I go, who's this guy? What's he doing? 
hit it. Come on. <laughs> You've always it's got, actually gotten quicker, hasn't it? It used to be slower. I think it's quicker now than yeah. it was when I was in college or even when I first started. I've had people say they don't want to play a practice round because Kevin swings it too slow and it drives them crazy. You've always <laughs> Kelly Gibson said that. that, right? For what? Just for having a funky swing. You've always gotten... I, I've gotten more... I, I wouldn't know, use flack, the word funky. Flack for how strong my grip is is okay. you know and it used to be stronger it was a lot stronger back in college and and when i first turned pro back in my in my 20s it's gotten a little weaker i mean i say weaker it'd be strong for anybody else but it's gotten a little weaker over time but um i think i take more f- and for bending over more than i do for back kevin swing. hits the golf ball right in the middle of the club face as much as anybody on this tour best yeah. ball striker you've ever seen well he hits it in no. the middle of the club. That, that's, a, that's, yes, that's, that's a that's a bold lot. statement. <laughs> if he said yes, but that's a lot. That's a bold statement. But I want to see how far you. Kevin go. hits the golf ball in the middle of the club face as much as anybody on this tour. Does he ever miss left having that strong of a grip? No, or, or sorry, ever miss right having that strong of a grip? Um, my miss is more left, but I most of the shots I do miss right are probably because you're blocking off left a little bit. But, you know, I mean, everybody – I get in a funk where I'm missing things right, too. I mean, you know, the body gets going a little too quick or whatever. You know, it, it can be anything. But um, my miss is predominantly a little bit more left. How, how long into the interview do we have to wait before we talk about the 59? Because – His? Well, I, I want to talk about yours first because it felt like it should have been about 57, Kevin. The boy- well, <laughs> you know, it um, – it's funny because when that putt on 18, the one of us for 57, was well, it wasn't really a putt. It was actually off the green by 10 feet, but um, was going towards a hole. I mean, I smoked it. and But it was breaking, and I was like, you know, my, I actually had a conscious thought like, oh, this is just one of those days. I really thought it was going in. I think yeah. it was just like, because everything else has. And it just it just was hit so hard that it went like eight feet by. And I actually hit a good second putt. You know, it didn't go in. Because this is par 72, for the record. Uh-huh. You had a, a chance at shooting 15 under. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I was. Yeah, I guess I was 14 under after 17 holes. So, yeah. it was, It's just stupid golf. I mean, it's, you know, I was 9 under after 8. It's just thing like video <laughs> golf. I mean, it was just is like. just making every putt you looked at? Were you sticking it to 5 feet? I mean. It was a bit of everything. I mean, yeah. if it, it, it was a bit of everything. I mean, I made some long putts and I hold a bunker shot on 7. Um, but then I also hit it to like three feet for Eagle on five. I mean, it, you know, it, you know, I started off at birdie, 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 Eagle, birdie, 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 something like that. Do you start what, thinking yeah, about it what's immediately? Your, what's your thought process? Well, I, you know, and I think, I think sports psychologists. I would know. Well, yeah, yeah you would. We're going to get to your yeah. 50 die. Not, I was 400 after nine. <laughs> <laughs> I think sports psychologists would have a issue with what I, and I'm not saying what I did was right. I, I, I'm just saying this is what I did. Um, when I when I was nine after eight holes, I was walking off the eighth hole, and I thought I could shoot fifty nine today. And then I went, I still got to shoot four more. I still got to make four more birdies. I mean, I was like, because you're nine after eight, and you still have to make four more birdies in the last ten holes. It's like that's when it kind of hit me, like, wow, that's really hard, mm-hmm. you know. But you know, when I birdied ten, I thought ten was. I actually still think ten was always the key hole because sometimes rounds stall out. But when I made the turn and then immediately made another birdie and then I actually birdied 11, it was like, okay, this is, this is real, you know. Because sometimes round, you know, you yeah, when you get that? to 11 under after 11, it gets it's, real. It's real. That's when it gets real. <laughs> God, That's sh- when it's real. The nine under after eight is nothing. 11 under after 11. I'll get to three under, you know, through 
Like I, I've been a three under a couple times in my right. life, and I'll shit my pants. Yeah, I, I need advice on going low too. I, I, I'm, I, I play about scratch, but like if I get to four under or something, I freak out. I don't know what it is, but you guys have both. Ha- I, I don't think the fifty nine is his best round of the Champions Tour. The well, sixty at Seattle. I mean, the sixty at Seattle. That golf course is hard. Yeah, and it was it was kind of hard. a rainy day. I mean, I played good that yeah. day and shot one under. Played pretty good. You know, I probably could have shot three under. Mm-hmm. He shot twelve. That's what Furyk's fifty nine at uh, Conway was like. He beat yeah. the next lowest guy was like sixty six or something like that. Yeah. But if you always just had the ability to go super deep, like you just don't get fa- like you don't think about it when you get super deep. I, I've you know I've been asked this question some recently and or the last whatever couple of years is I, I I don't know how else to describe it except for the fact that I I, I never I don't think I, I don't get afraid to make a bogey. I like I'm not like holding on i'm not afraid to make a bogey but i'm also at the same time i feel like i'm almost hungry like i want more like i'm hungry for more birdies like i feel like i'm like i can eat more what did you, you know? do at, at iowa this year because you won iowa this year didn't you birdie yeah. seven the last eight or i birdied two well i shot yeah i birdied eight of the last nine he <laughs> to win by to, to win in a playoff <laughs> I went really late last night. And you wonder why I play practice rounds with him. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a learning. It's a learning experience. This stuff's not just like first round or second round. It's like yeah. you're doing it. In some of these are final. There rounds is a difference. Or, you know, just yeah. again, we talk about the, well, the round. At, the round at Seattle to me just stands out. But back to what we're talking about 59s. That's why I, David Duvall's round. You know, the 59 at to win the hope to win yeah. a tournament By is one. completely different than. I mean, not that the diminished 59s. The 59 the first day is much different right. than 59 the last round. Stuart right. Appleby was 59 Appleby the last Appleby shot day. 59. Yeah. I, mean, I think Guyberger stands out, too. He yeah. with a, I don't know if the golf ball was even round back then. The wood wood on a golf course. Yeah. I ever played the, I played the US Open qualifier. Uh-huh. This golf course is hard. Yeah. I, it's I, hard with metal woods and Pro V1s, let alone with a, a, a persimmon wood and a McGregor tourney. <laughs> I mean, it is a stunning round of golf. So you were four under through nine, Paul, for you? For your... Mine was only 12 under. This Yours was, was at the John Deere. Major, though. No, mine was the at John Deere. Yeah. John Deere yeah. Which is the, the PJ fifth major. Tour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good point. Stricker thinks so. Um, what year was this? 2010? 2010. Yeah. Yeah. Stricker shot 60 that day. Right. You know, in the afternoon. Oh, he, uh, shot, yeah, I was, he shot 60 that day? Yeah. I, well, I woke up the next morning, went to Starbucks, and I turned on my computer, and I was like three back. <laughs> Wait a minute! I shot fifty nine the first round. Yeah, I shot four under on the front. On the front nine, and then and, you, and then birdied, you didn't play the back nine first. Yeah, and then okay. I birdied eight of the nine holes in the back nine. And that was part thirty five under. Back. It's yeah. a part, you know. So I shot what thirty one, twenty eight. Yeah. So I shot four birdie, under the third. Birdied the last. I birdied the last three. Yeah. Were you? Th- I mean, were you nervous? Is that uh, a different no, kind of I don't nervous? get. I don't. My most nervous moments are never when I'm playing really, really well. Really. My most nervous moments is when I'm scoring really well and not playing very good. Interesting. Like I'm waiting for disaster to happen. Is why I'm. This is just a complete. This is. I should. I should. You know, I'm five hundred and I should be even, or I'm in third place on. Sunday morning, and, and I really should be missed the cut. That's when I get nervous. Is when, I was gonna when say, am I? When is the dam gonna break? Is, <laughs> is the nervous times. Have you had an instance of being deep in the hunt? Oh yeah, I, I, like, I, most of the time I don't think I deserve to be there, and it's and you're holding on a little bit. I mean, again, I look back at the weeks I played really well. There's there's a few of them where I just played well and it was fine. But I've had plenty of weeks where I was in eighth place, and I had no business being there. And in the PJ Tour there is a secondary concept of keeping your card you know and it's august 
and you're a hundredth on the money list and you're in eighth place and you should be in 50th because you're chipping in four times and you're waiting for the dam to break. Those are the stressful, nervous situations for me. When I shot 59, I had, this, I had a similar instance to him, you know, but I'm four under after turn and I birdied 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. So now I'm nine under with, with four to play. And the next hole is probably the hardest hole in the back nine, fifteen. And I made, yeah. a, I missed the green, but barely chipped it up to three feet and hit a good little three footer in there. And I had the same thing. You have a little walk to sixteen. I had one. This is a rare opportunity. You already the last three holes. You're going to shoot fifty nine. That doesn't happen. And I don't think that's a bad thought. And second thought was that I'm nine under par. On Sunday, nine under par is going to be in forty eighth place. Maybe. <laughs> right. There's no. And, and there's an. We stop arbitrarily at at eighteen. Yeah. It's an arbitrary stop. We just come up with we've come up with that number. But it doesn't mean that because you're nine under after fifteen, that's good enough for the day. The the, the my mentality was, yeah, nine under's nice, twenty under's gonna win, or we'll end up twenty four under one. So was saying that, that I I've done my job through fifteen holes, I par out, that's okay. That that's the wrong attitude right. on the PJ tour. You need the pedal goes down, the pedal doesn't let up. It was and yours the first day? First yeah. round. Oh, I didn't mean to diminish it. No. I was going to say, I didn't know if that was <laughs> purposeful shade or just... No, that was totally just unintentional. Just and, uh, but, so, but, but, but so oh, I did have this, this thought. I didn't. I finished well, I didn't second. win either. I finished so. second. But I had the, there was a conscious thought that 9-under is really not that good in the grand scheme of things. 24-under yeah, is what won the tournament. And so, and then I went right back in and made a 15 or 20-footer on 16 for birdie and then just it just 17 i couldn't you know it worked out well and 18 i hit three of the best shots i've ever hit in my life are those the fun events like if the, the events where you feel like you got to put your gas the gas pedal all the way down do you guys prefer those or do you prefer tougher setup where i mean is that is that the mindset every week and that may be a good question for comparing pga tour golf to champions tour golf but do you feel like you go out and like all right now it's birdie time or do you feel like you go out and play golf does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah uh well go, i i it's it, you know it's kind of funny. I think a little bit of both is good. I, I don't. I I, I do. I rel, I really do look forward to playing the hard golf courses, and I think out here we play. We you know the winning score a lot of times for you know for three rounds is you know we're playing four this week, but for three rounds is you know that fifteen under area is a pretty good number to start. Would you agree with that? So I think out here you kind of like wow I'd love to have that day. I, I, there's been some tournaments out here where you know the winning score was you know in that five to six and it's fantastic. I think those are that's a good winning score I think for three days and it's it's I enjoy that. Why, why is that though? Do you feel like it favors you more if it's a tougher setup? No, or? I don't know. If, I don't know if it favors me either way. Really, I I, I think I've played well when it's been both, but I, I do think that. Um, I think it's enjoyable. I think when par is a good score, it's. I think in some ways it's almost a little less stressful, a little bit. You know, just yeah, little, that's less, kind of what I mean. A little less pressure, although it's gr- tough. Golf courses are only good when you're hitting it well. Yeah. If you're not hitting it well, those can be really long days. You know. Yeah, I would say that that when you have a golf course that, say again, single digits, you know, is going to win. And assuming nothing crazy is happening, Winder was just a normal hard golf course. Like you have setups at the US Opens, better ball strikers are going to do better. Guy who gets away with stuff and scrambles, that guy can shoot the 20 under on the easier golf course, but isn't going to shoot four under on the US Open golf right. course, in my opinion. Because I've had the same way. I, I've, my two of my wins, I shot 20 over 20 under par for three rounds. Or maybe, I'm not sure about Hawaii, it might have been 19, I believe, the last hole. And then at 3 a.m., I was in a playoff at 
20 under. But also, my three of my best tournaments in the last three years have been the U.S. Senior Open. I played good at, at the last three of them, or last, whatever it was. I, I guess Stricker won by a bundle last year, but I played good at. I had a chance to win at Broadmoor. I played pretty good at Sahali. I didn't even remember. Salem. I played good early, Salem, yeah. and then kind of fell apart a little bit at the end. But I think that that's a more of a function of, especially at the, again. I think it's different when you ask a 55-year-old that question. If you ask a 25-year-old that sure. question. You know, we've played enough golf to where if we're playing good, either kind of works. Like we can both, some guys, you know, when you're 25, you've got one style. I need that, the Bob Hope, or I need Colonial, where it's tighter and tougher. Yeah. You know, I think at this age, we've played so many different types of golf tournaments. We've gotten comfortable in different situations. We've played enough tournaments where five unders won. we played enough tournaments where 25 unders won. That if you're playing well enough and get yourself in the position, you can kind of do either one. What's different between Champions Tour golf at age 55? I think you guys are both 55 now, and when you came out at 50. Like, is it, I guess, what changes in your own game in that time period? You know, we, we hear people talk about, you know, just the older you get, the nerves of your putting go or so-and-so goes. Do you feel any differences in your game in the last five years? You know, sometimes it's, so, it's hard to tell. I mean, I, I would say that. Yeah, I, yes. think I, I think this question is better ask me about Kevin and Kevin about me. Interesting. Yeah, because I think I think I think Kevin's playing better now than he's ever played his life. I don't know if that's true. If you feel that way, and maybe this year he's hurt. The last few years he has been the one of the top three players out here. Only got to take down longer in the last five. And years. And that year right? he he had, I mean it was like he played bad and he finished fifth. It, it, it was how many top? T- he had sixteen or seventeen top tens and yeah, twenty two starts. Yeah, something like Some that. crazy number. And it was just constantly, and then and then the, last year you played good, and this year you've won twice. Right. I think it's hard to self, and I, yeah. you know, cause I think we have a tendency to think that we're the same. Yeah. You know, it's the same. You're the same guy yeah. every day. Yeah. And I think that you know, it's hard. It's like if you see someone every day, you can't see the change. Sure. You know, you see someone not for over. You you go a whole year, and you go, oh, he's changed a lot. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. I would say that that my bad golf is worse. Okay. And you, why? What is what is worse? Is, I would is say, you know I would say I, I I would say one of my strengths for my whole career and even early on the Champions Tour that I was good at turning a fiftieth into the thirty fifth and a thirty fifth into a twenty fifth and a twenty fifth. I ground out that deal and I don't seem to have it be as good. And now I turn thirty fives into forties and forties into fifties and blah going the other way. But once I get in the top ten. I'm still pretty good at turning ten into seven and seven into four and four into two and and whatnot. I can I can once I get myself in the spot, I I tend to stay there. But if I start out slow, I tend to have trouble getting that momentum back in. Um, as as I've the, gotten older, yeah. that it, I don't know if that's cuts? a grind or, or if that's a it's a, a loss of focus. I'm old. I I don't know what that is, but you know my focus isn't as sharp at fortieth place as it was ten years ago. That makes sense. Does that have anything to do with no cuts, really, on the champions? I actually thought the no cuts was the opposite. Everybody talked about how you. I actually thought it it made it in a sense easier because if you make an early bogey, it didn't. You weren't now. If you have a tournament, you know we have a couple with cuts, but if you have it, you're on the PJ Tour and you're playing pretty good, but you plug it in the bunker on four and you three putt six and you kind of get a bad bounce and a divot on seven and you're three over after seven, you're thinking about making a cut. On this tour, you still have two and a half rounds to make it up. You don't have to worry about that set. There's not that ancillary worry. Okay, you've had a bad start. Let's go. And, and you can you can do that. You know, on the PJ Tour, when I got into that spot, I thought more about what do I need to do to make sure I get the play on the weekend. And so there was a, almost a different mindset 
on that eighth tee than you would have out on this tour, if that makes sense. No, it does. I, and I may be, that may be a bad thought, but I don't get, I'm not saying a sports psychologist would think that's a great way of looking at things, by the way. I, I do think there's a different, it's a different rhythm out here than the PGA Tour four rounds yes. when we play three. Because, you know, even the, even the four rounds here is a different, with being that there's no cut, like every day. It's like a the, World Golf Championship. Yeah, yeah like yeah. every day on the PGA Tour has a feel. You know, like the first day you're kind of feeling like you're going to start. Second day, you know, it's a cut day. Third day, you feel like you're getting yourself in position for the last round, then it's the last round. You know, out here, it's like being that there's no cut, it feels like nothing really happens. I should say nothing really happens. The first, it's, it just feels like everybody's just moving forward as fast as they can yeah. until they get to the last day, and then it's the last day. It's like it's a different feel. Like there's no – being that there's no cut, I, I feel like there's no like – there's no definition to each There's no day. definition to each day. But yeah. Saturday is not a moving day because everybody's right. moving. Everybody's day. moving. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you there know? may be some truth to that. You know, and, and, and something that Paul said earlier about, um, you know, like when he plays well, he plays well, you know. Um, he said something, what, two years ago, here, you were leading on the last day, right? Yeah. And I, I just saw an interview where he said one of the things, and he's always been really good not to say closing out tournaments, but when he's playing well, to play, keep playing well, is that he says, I never get in a hurry to get to the end, like to see what the finish is. And I know that's something that I have struggled a little bit with, where I'll get, you know, be playing well, I get to like the, f- the fifth hole the last day, and you're always like, you know, you may be leading or whatever, and you're always like, I'm not saying you're fast forwarding, but you always want to, it's like you want to go to the end of the movie. Yeah, you're almost picturing, I don't know, I, are people going to be celebrating see, with me yeah. at the end See, of the where day? I think that's, the, where, I, where I struggled with that was on, is on Saturday. I always thought when I played on the PJ Tour, Saturday, when I was in contention, Saturday was the hardest day because you don't do anything on Saturday. Right. You don't win that day. You can only lose that day. Hurry up you, and you, 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 Sunday's the day of action. So, so keeping my focus through Saturday was always a hard day for me if I had played well in, you know, on the first two rounds. And then Sunday was always a much, okay, you, 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 now, now, now's the time. That day was always like the, the, the longest day of the, of the week for me. It was Saturday in contention. And that's a little different out here because Saturdays are all the same on this tour. Like what Kevin was like, you don't have that. So I don't have that same. I might maybe even, maybe this week with this the four-round tournament, yeah, you might in the four-rounders. But in the three-rounders, Saturday's just, it, it's not, it doesn't have that same anxiety. I don't it's, know if the word anxiety is the right word, but that, that get it over with attitude to get to the most important day. I, had, I don't have that on Sunday as much as Kevin said, but I, ha- I used to have it a lot on Saturdays when I was in contention. Yeah, Saturdays out here feel like a day. Mm-hmm. You know, which I'm not saying these are bad or good things. It's just it's just a different vibe. Just the reality of it. It's, yeah. Just, yeah. it's just the reality of it. I think if there was a cut out here, I think that would change. I, I think that when we played like the Senior Open, you get more of that feel of the PGA Tour. You did, no question. I you have know? a totally different mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Like if there's a cut, and the third day you're okay. I made the cut. Now we're ready to move and get yourself in the position, and it's the final day. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. How much different is the travel? Like having that extra day in the week, are guys a little bit more apt to? kind of loaf from city to city or you can take a little side trip here or there or is it we're both west coast guys so we have a totally different attitude we can't go home yeah, between tournaments right, per se right. um, but then again i also can buy round trip tickets i can buy my tickets three that months is, in, three months in advance if i want to because i know when i'm going home and okay. we I, and for us yeah. to play on a monday 
I mean, there's like three acts of God and, and, and you know, that's, that's, that's the first horseman of the apocalypse if we're playing Monday on this tour. So I know I'm leaving on, so if I'm going home, you know, if obviously between tournaments, I don't care that much about what I do on Monday. But if I'm going home, I know I have that 6 a.m. flight out going to the West Coast. And that, that part of travel is, in a sense, easier. Mm-hmm. What, uh, try to help me as a, I don't follow the, the Champions Tour probably as closely as I should in this job, but... Uh, as somebody that checks in on leaderboards from, from time to time, it, it seems to me casually that it's a lot of the same people, right? It almost feels like the Champions Tour weeds out players more than like the PGA Tour does, right? I mean, you check in on a leaderboard with the PGA Tour, there's guys that go on ups and downs, but it seems like this tour is way, way more about consistency. Well, One, I, I, would say, I would say the biggest difference is that we only have the top player on the PGA Tour plays 35% of the events. Sure, yeah. The top player in the Champions Tour plays 90% of the right. events. Um, I've noticed. You mentioned earlier about the difference in the, about being, you know, being fifty and fifty-five in age. I, what I've noticed about the Champions Tour, especially I'd say in the last two or three years, it's gotten incredibly top-heavy. The top ten to fifteen guys seem to play well every single week. Oh, are you looking you know, at Kevin as you say that? Kevin, well, <laughs> well Kevin, yeah. I mean, so Paul, before this, this, you know, Paul plays really good. I mean, <laughs> he's being honest. But I mean, I, I, but the, I, I, what I've noticed is that. You know, McCarron and Kelly and Goosen and Sutherland and Flesh and Langer and Montgomery. It's just, it's the top, the cream out here is is really creamy. And it's really, really to, good. To hunger? Because it seems like, talking to Andre earlier, he was. Billy's been played. Woody Austin. He was talking it's a little been, bit about how there's certain guys that come out that everybody thinks they're going to be world beaters out here. And you guys are kind of licking your chops. Like, man, like you can't. You can't coast out here. You got to be really no. hungry. You got to be no. like you got to be kind of recommitted. It's like you're a rookie again. I, right? Again, I, I mentioned I think Kevin's place better is playing better now than he ever has. I would say the same thing about myself. Yeah, I would say I've never been a better, more knowledgeable, better player than I am today. Does that attribute at all to this tour not nearly being the distance race that the PGA Tour is? There's definitely an advantage to length out here. I mean, Kevin mentioned, and again, it's again part of that top heaviness. When I, all those guys I just mentioned, the new guys have come on Goosen, Steve Flash, who's really starting to find his way out here, are all hit the wall a lot. Far. Darren Clark, oh my God, how far does this guy hit it? Yeah. I mean, the long hitters are starting to rise up. McCarron obviously bombs it. Uh, the long hitters are starting to get up there. Like I looked at you, no laying up. I, I lay up on every hole. <laughs> I mean, there was a hole today. I wasn't <laughs> on the same hole as them. <laughs> I mean, literally, you guys had 70 yards. And I had an eight iron because there's a bunker out there and I can't deal with it. Um, it it's not – It's. I would say when I, five years ago, that was not – length was a non-issue. Really? And I'd say today it's becoming – each year it's becoming more and more of an issue for I, me. I think and, I, and, and there's an argument that Steve seems to think I hit it farther now than I did before. I don't know if – I'm not buying that. So I play, Steve Flesh plays with us a mm-hmm. lot too. And we talk about it. Tell. I mean, it's I, hard to I, tell. I don't know if you're. It's I, all relative. I, I, would, I would guess that you're hitting at the same distance. Right. So would I. So I'm not losing any distance for sure, but I think there are more long hitters on this tour than there were five years ago. I, I think one different aspect to it is is that most of the time we don't play with a lot of rough, so there's not a huge premium accuracy. You know, driving it straight's great. But driving a little bit further is good. And the greens aren't necessarily like concrete firm. So if you are in the rough, it's not hard to get it to stop on the green, mainly because if you're a longer hitter, you're hitting a lot shorter clubs. And I'm not sure that's not that much different than the PGA. That's golf in general today. Sure. And there's a, there's a fallacy out there. We, uh, we're going to get into philosophy here <laughs> about the bombing and gouging. Well, that's just nonsense. 
I would actually argue that Bubba Watson and Brooks Kepka and Roy McIlroy have a game in front of them, and they have mathematically figured out the best way to play it. And they're, for them to say they're just bombers and gougers is so disrespectful to the talent that they have. If we had, and I, I'm a firm believer of this, that if we had changed the game tomorrow and said driving accuracy is the only thing that matters and be able to hit the ball pin high every time, you know, you'd be the best player in the world in two years? Roy McElroy. And then Bruce yeah. Kepka. And they'd be the same guy. They'd yeah. figure out how to do it, and then they'd beat everybody at it. On the flip and this, side, And this argument, I think, is they're playing the game that, they're, that they've been given. Just like I play the game that I was given growing up, which is much more accuracy based. And I, I find it incredibly, you know, again, disrespecting of the talent when I hear these guys talk about they just bomb and gouge it. Well, that's exactly, and you know what they do? They make a lot of money and win a lot of golf tournaments doing it. But I, I think there's a fallacy, though, that like, like Rory and Brooks, like those guys are also some of the straightest drivers of the golf ball. Right. Too. Right. I mean, they're exceptionally accurate to where there are other guys out there that it's like, literally hit it and go find it. Right. I think there's I think there's a sure there is. there's a big difference sure among the bombers. Well, the, you can't be an elite player and then there's more guys in just those two and be a guy who hits it everywhere. I mean, you just can't. Right. I mean, so what would happen is that the top 50 guys would be pretty much the same. We would jumble the next 75. I was going to say it's that next 75, right? That's who would get yeah. jumbled. Yeah. We'd have different guys in the for like the rank and file would be that's it the it, top players are the top players it feels like to me and i think it was maybe best on display at beth page this past year in that the way that current technology has evolved and the learning that has come like that we're in 2019 now justin thomas has learned to hit a large driver and a ball that doesn't spin as much for right. his entire life so right. we're seeing the young guys like tron and i grew up we're both 33 uh, we grew up with golf balls that spun, and like I, I still remember the snap hooks that right. I can't hit one. I can't hit one like I did in middle school back then. But now the way it's gone is like even when you can hit it so far, one you can. I just don't feel like I ever see Brooks in precarious situations. And he's not the most. He's very accurate. But right. He's not the most accurate. You're still going to hit a foul ball. When, right. when he misses fairways, there. You know, when you have wedge in, it doesn't really matter right. if you're five feet off the fairway. The angle doesn't matter that much. You can get the ball right. up and you can stop it. And that's where I feel like, like a setup like Beth Page just made it a prerequisite to hit it far. And, and obviously, like you got like shorter hitters like yourself, Paul would. You can compete on certain kind of golf courses, mm -hmm. but just the combination of the way they've set up courses on right. that tour and and how far guys are hitting it and what that means for your second shot, it's just got right. thrown things out of whack. Well, you know, like I said, when, when the other thing that Kevin and I have in common are both baseball guys. He's an Oakland A's fan, and I'm an Angels fan, so we hate each other. So, <laughs> again, as an Angels fan, we're envious of Oakland because that's where Moneyball started and Sabermetrics started. And there's not really a difference between – Figuring out that on-base percentage is more important than batting average. Oh, you're speaking then, my language. <laughs> well, again, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Mike Trout guy. I'm a war guy. So, um, so, but there's not a lot of difference between, you know, where on-base percentage is a better number than batting average. It's the same concept that, that 330 in the rough is better than 280 in the fairway. Yep. And they know that. They have figured this out through, they're not maybe not doing actual mathematical, but they've figured out in their head, wait a minute, that, that's not doing me any good. And we praise the Oakland A's, and again, we blast bombers and gougers. And it's just nonsense. They're doing the exact same thing. Again, I hate to beat a dead horse here, but they're doing the same thing. Golf has become a, there's a mathematical, I, Patrick Cantlay is a good friend. We had the same teacher and we play the same course. And his approach to the game is totally different than I would ever think of doing. Mm -hmm. 
but that's how they play now, and that's what they figured out the mathematical percentages on like play th- the game. It's like three pointers in basketball. Yeah, yeah. Like nobody they, shoots. Golden State shoot, figured so it they, out. Yeah. Don't shoot the mid range. So yeah. Yep. No, yeah, same thing. I, I think, at least on our end of the table... And this all can be changed. Yeah, the criticism yeah. is not at the bombers and gougers no. or the guys doing it. Like, golly, if the rules are going to let you do this, do right. it. And you the know, USGA has let the ball go and yes. whatnot. So. And yeah, so what do you... What do you, If you... Let's, let's say you were in charge... You guys were in charge of the USGA and you go back 25 years. Would you do things differently than they've done it? With technology. You know, it's... I You know, I... I think they would love to have done something with a golf ball, but I think they were never. That was never going to happen. I, I, I mean, I, I'm totally don't know this, but I just think there would have been some legal problems there. I think the manufacturers would have fought but, them but left the, and right. The point, I think once once the toothpaste was paste with that was out of the tube. I agree. You couldn't. You, you yeah. can't really go backwards. But I'm saying if you go back 25 before well, the Pro true. V, you do it before they actually invent, always, even invent the Pro yeah, V one. There's still and there always have been rules limiting distance, and there yeah. still are. They just have let those tolerances get insane. Right. So that's what right. I'm saying. We also live in a country that that's, you know, we don't live in Scotland. We don't. We have rain, and we have. It's hard to yeah. it's hard to get the golf courses firm enough to where you you're going to require more. The players are going to ask for spin. Having said that. I think one of the great things to do in golf, if you're a fan, is go watch the LA Open and watch these guys play the 10th hole. They don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. They can't play. It's They hit three-wood on the green. They can't figure it out. There's a little bit of an angle. There's a little bit of firmness. If you don't hit a good shot, you're in trouble. You know, they don't, you know, I remember John Merrick, another Long Beach guy, won there four, five, six years ago in the playoff. He hit four iron over to the left, and whoever was playing against drove it up by the green and made bogey. He made birdie and won the golf tournament. And you can architecturally put spin in the ball through, you know, what you have now is a golf course, a guy hits a nine iron 170. I don't know how you hit on nine iron 170 yards. And if they're off by 10 yards, I got a 30 footer. Mm. We need to make being off by 10 yards, being in the rough or in a bunker in a bad spot until we do that. It's a moot point. Right. So then once that happens, then this players will say, hold on a minute. I need to spin the ball more. And the ball will change. Mm-hmm. So I think architects could have, have turned these golf courses with these big giant green complexes because you need 40 pin placements because your golf course can't have, has too much play hasn't helped either. Mm-hmm. Every time – Kevin and I, you know, we played the Houston tournament. They moved to the – and we're playing – it was not as a redstone before the private course. The back nine, I'm kind of looking at the scorecard in the yardage book, and I'm kind of – every hole's 480. And I'm going, what the – and I added up the numbers. The back nine was 4,000 and – something yards long it was part 37 and i thought holy i mean now i do the math that means if the front nine is this line it's eight thousand yards long but so it was a 7500 yard whatever it was fred couple shot 2200 par it was yeah. meaningless yeah, how long the golf course was this is in night 2000 and you know whatever five well I it's mean, meaningless I, how long I, the golf course is now i don't have you the numbers angles. but it seems like it seems like a lot of the Courses that are playing harder on the PGA Tour are the ones that are shorter, Hilton, yes. yeah, requiring colonial. you to control distance. You know, it brings the field together too. Yeah, and also can makes you like makes a long hitter control how far the ball is going, and as opposed to letting the ball go as far as it wants to go. But it goes back to the forty-five tournaments. If you have four golf courses that kind of yeah. don't favor bombers, they yep. just don't play. Right. right. Well, going back to that, so you're you've had extensive success at TPC Sawgrass. Is that in, always in, in, when it was in March? When it was in May, I had zero success in March. <laughs> why talk th- us through that. Why? Wait, yeah. wait. Why do you think that is? Why, why do you think you played better in May than March? I, I would mean, have to would do with the, the, the golf course played a yeah. lot shorter in 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 May. The Bermuda they went to Bermuda, right. played firmer. It was warmer. I played better in warm weather. You know, well, I thought yeah. I thought the rough was more. 
The rough in March is U.S. Open rough. If you miss the, 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 the again, the, I know Chambly's been talking about growing the rough up. You know, if you grow, if you narrow the fairways and grow the rough, that helps bombers. That does not help straight hitters, because the straightest driver ever played the game, Calvin Pete, still missed two or three fairways around. Eighty percent is missing two. Seventy percent is missing four. You hit 10 out of 14. That's 71%. You miss four fairways. If I miss four fairways and it's U.S. Open rough, I'm chipping it over here. That's the way it used to be. If you hit the ball, now if the guy who hits it 330 misses seven fairways, that's three. I've already, that's only, he's only missed three more than me. And if he hits it far enough, he can still get it up by the green. Long, rough, uh, you know, again, I want firmness and angles. I don't want long, rough and, and real super narrow. It does not fade. Now, if the fairways are 35 yards wide, and then the rough's over your head. That's a different question. But at 25 yards wide and really high rough, that favors bombers because mm-hmm. everybody misses the fairway. That's where I was going back to with Beth Page was like, I feel like watching Jordan Spieth try to keep up with DJ. He's going to miss fairways too. Just yeah. the natural dispersion. Nobody drives it that good. No. Nobody. Yeah. And that's where and where Aaron Hills got a lot of criticism for the course setup and just because the scores were low and it rained and the wind didn't blow. But that was more interesting to me than watching a lot of U.S. Open setups and that it was wide so Brian Harmon can compete with Brooks Kepka, And it, like, it just brings more players into wide the Wide with a penalty of death if you miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and short grass around the greens too, which that freaks a lot of pros out. Well, yeah, a lot of times the rough keeps the ball near the yes. green. Right. You know, and I'm telling you. Rough is, I think, the worst deterrent in golf. Yeah. It's the most boring. You know, again, Chambly thinks it's the, I think Brandon's right. a good friend. He thinks it's the most important deterrent in golf. I think it's the most boring, you know, it's lazy deterrence, in my opinion. It's, it's yeah. lazy architecture. Just grow rough over your head and say, oh, it's hard. Well, no kidding. It's like the 500-yard par 4. They tell me it's hard. To make a 500-yard par 4 hard, you need three things. A tee, a fairway, and a green. It's hard. To make a 330-yard par 4 hard takes a whole lot of stuff that these guys you know, don't do. But they keep building 500-yarders, and they never build 330-yarders. Yeah, but the 500-yarders for... Well, okay, 600-yard par 4. I get well, that. Well, I know, but, 500, but, 500, but seriously, 500-yard par 4s for... It's the driver of the half of the guys in the PJ Tour are not hitting a short iron. That's true. Yeah. So it's 600. Whatever the number is, right. a long par four that plays hard takes, takes takes three things. A short par four that plays hard takes imagination and, and, and hard work. You have to yeah. really work at the 10th hole at Riviera. Yeah. That's where, I like, for me, watching the Open Championship becomes exponentially more and more exciting every year because it's at least the one week a year where you're almost guaranteed that guys aren't trying to hit as far as they can because they want it to stop. They actually right. fear it stopping. Right. And somewhere like uh, St. Royal St. George's where it's going next year, a lot of pros don't like because the fairways are all weird shapes and it's hard to actually hold the fairways and stuff. And when I look up and see fairway and in the rough is bunker, bunker on the left and bunker, bunker on the right, I think that is the laziest. It's There's not... It, you're not considering anything off the tee. It's like, oh, okay, I got to hit it between those two bunkers. That's what I got to do. Versus the whole the courses like Riviera too. Like a lot of those, some of those holes, you need to hit a certain shot shape to hold the fairway and start the to Augusta be National was supposed to be. Like yes, that. exactly. And they grew the first cut and they took all that away. Yeah. With the trees being brought in so much at Augusta, they almost don't need the rough anymore. No, no. You know, the, it's it, first it's cut. Never, he will never get a TV trees. job. <laughs> you just got fired. I'm okay I did with it. That. <laughs> <laughs> but if he keeps the ball from going into the trees, yeah. So, and the trees, well, we don't have trees on courses anymore either. I mean, that's a whole other topic. But you, Oakland Hills was designed after kind of Augusta, where I remember we played there and they redid it and they narrowed the fairways. Well, 
the first hole, like, I remember the first hole, if the pin was on the right, you needed to drive the ball on the left side of the fairway. The right side of the fairway was no good. Mm -hmm. But then they put a bunker there. Well, now you have to drive in the middle, and you can't play any pin from the middle, really. So it made so it hit it farther. Mm -hmm. They took the strategy out of the hole by narrowing it to some extent. Mm -hmm. And I think Augusta was the same way. Augusta, though, was a lot narrower than even before the first cut. And Augusta was not, it was a narrow golf course in spots. Right. And oh, well, seven is... Seven's really, oh, really, really narrow. narrow. But so, again, for like me, eight's not one. It's not a wide open golf course to start with. But that's all about, you know, if the pin's in a certain spot, you have to hit the ball here. It doesn't matter. The fairway's not the goal. It's this part of the fairway. Seven's the one that pisses me off. You most. can get lost. Like, it just doesn't make sense anymore. You can get lost. You get three wood in a wedge. I know. I know. The green does not... That's a driver in a hybrid for me. Well, do you know what the hole was? The, the, that lot of the holes at Augusta are modeled after certain particular holes in the British. Like, do you, you would never guess, looking at the seventh hole now, what it's modeled after. No, it's the 18th of St. Andrews. What? It's like supposed to be like a, like a driving pitch hole. Like that was Seriously? that was the original the original hole. I mean, it's a diff, It's not it's not a pure template, but that was right, the, kind right. of the idea. Right. And if you go through each hole, and it's like five is like the seventeenth hole in a certain way and whatnot. But you would they yeah they, I, I, that's that's seven. That is true. I never thought of five like that, but five is seventeen. Yeah, and they've they've changed a bunch of them. So now it's like well yeah now it's a four sixty. But, but go back for us. We were saying before you know Americanized golf is very much told where you go. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't, there's no like, you know, you hit it here and you hit it there and it's angles aren't necessarily as important as they are other places because the ball doesn't bounce and run yeah. very much. But golf in America is a, is a recreation. Golf in Europe is a sport. Mm -hmm. I hate to say that. No, they, they, yeah, it's they, a sport. I, I'm stunned to learn like when you go play in the UK, like you are playing a competition. Right. Kind of you play, they yeah. have their Saturday medal yes. and their, their, their deal are not Wednesday. drinking on the course. No, it's, not, a, it's a sport. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. It's very different. You can have your dog with you, though. That's fine. Some places, but it, there's, there's a piece of me that's a little envious of that. Yeah. Quite frankly, yeah. we there's, turned it into a money-making like beer drinking sport yeah. with a golf cart. Yeah, the golf cart that is that has changed a lot of things, not for the better in American golf. Uh, there are a couple things I wanted to get uh, to ask you about specifically, Paul. You played with uh, who was your partner at the 1993 AT&T yeah. Pebble oh, Beach Pro? Yeah, be, this uh, was coming. <laughs> <laughs> that would be uh, President Trump. He was. He was not the president quite yet. He was not. He was a real estate mogul at that point. You know, I, I didn't. I, I didn't get a chance to meet. I didn't. It was my third tournament of my career. Really? Yeah. And um, I, and I, you know, I, I saw the pairings come out like on Tuesday or something, and it doesn't say Donald Trump. It says D Trump. And I saw. I it kind of. Oh, who, I don't know who who that. I mean, we wouldn't even think. Why? My thought process was, I'm just some schmo rookie. They're not going to put a. I'm not in the celebrity draw. I'm playing. And I, the other guy, the other person, I had Donnie Hammond was the other pro, and Harry Crosby, my big son. Uh, you know, so then I, I didn't. But I was playing my practice rounds. You had three quiet grinding out. Whatever. I show up on Poppy Hill. Since Donald Trump's down there, going, holy shit. <laughs> Marla Maple showed up on Spyglass. He made a hole in one on Friday at Spyglass on the twelfth hole. He made a we hole. Started, in one. Yeah, we started on ten that day, and he made a hole in one on twelve. Um, <laughs> the fourteen. I'm are struggling. You, are, you, like are, you, are you going to tell him this story? Yeah. Okay, go for it. It's true. I know. <laughs> so the, well, I don't think it's that bad a story. That's not a bad story. So the 14th holes, you the spyglasses. You just off of a small percentage of it. Uh, you don't like me. Now. So <laughs> no, I drive I it in the trees. A large percentage. <laughs> I drive it in the trees at 14, and you have all these pine trees or whatever, and I have to thread it through there, and I don't. And I hit this tree, and it goes flying left toward the out of bounds up this hill. And there's just these two obi stakes and these wispy, fescue-looking grass. And I get up there, you know, I'm, you know I'm, my mind's spinning. I'd shot four or five over the first day. I'm shooting a million. I'm going to miss a cut by a thousand. I'm, just, I'm sure this Trump guy's thinking, who the hell is this guy? You know? And uh, 
I get up there, my ball is right between two stakes, and you can't tell if it's out of bounds or not. I mean, it's there, it, it's right. I mean, it's right there. So you, you're gonna call for an official, and the officials have like dental floss or something. So I'm waiting up there, and he they all hit. I'm still, you know, it's a par five. You should be down there hitting a hundred yarder, and I'm up here 210 yards from the green up in this house. You know, <laughs> they've all laid up, and what are you doing? You know, why are you up there just standing? Well, I called for an official. He walks up there, and my, I mean, you can. There's no way the grass. You can't barely see the ball. The stakes there. And he goes, what's going on? I go, well, we don't know if it's out of bounds. I called for an official. They'll, they'll kind of bring out with a rope or something to be able to tell. And he goes, Paul, I'm the most honest person you'll ever meet. And he kind of looks at it and goes, it's in. <laughs> and I went, well, I don't think that's official. <laughs> that doesn't sound official. I'm just going to wait and let the rules officially. And I don't want to do anything dumb here. And then if it was inbound. The, the string went right over the middle of the golf ball. It was inbounds by, you know. So he's an inch and a half. So he's totally honest. But I thought that was going <laughs> kind of looked at. Him. Well, I didn't. Well, I don't know the guy. I didn't I go. Well, I, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't expect you to be a liar. I mean, I, I don't even know what that statement means. I mean, yeah. Why preface this? Why statement? would you preface? I mean, it's in. Okay, that's fine. You don't need to tell me you're the most honest person I'll ever meet. Did you guys stay in touch after that? Uh, a little bit here and yeah. there, but uh, um, I, I said I didn't play well. And then he, you know. So then I asked the tournament. Well, what are you doing? Why are you pairing Donald Trump with a sh me? I'm a nobody. I mean, I mean, why isn't he playing with blah blah person X? And then, to the tournament's credit, uh, it was Paul Spangler. Is that his name? Who's the at Paul? the time? Yeah, at the time it was. Uh, but anyway, so I asked him, "Well, why? What do you do?" He goes, "Well, if we pair Donald Trump, I guess this is not a compliment." At the end of the day, I didn't, <laughs> I, didn't I didn't figure this out for a few years. Maybe until just now. If we pair Donald Trump with Payne Stewart, he's playing in Payne Stewart's group. If we pair him with you, it's Donald Trump's group. That's interesting. <laughs> and I went, okay, that makes some sense. And then we had, again, Harry Crosby, who was a wonderful man, you know, uh, Nathaniel's brother and, and Bing's son. And it, it, we played, the, we were the last group off the first tee at Pebble on Saturday. And I was completely out of my element. It's the wildest day in golf. <laughs> Nobody uh, knows what golf is in the fans. Nobody. They're just screaming Donald. It's, it's kind of crazy around 15. No, oh, it's four, 14. 14 and 15. Yeah, 14 yeah. and 15. Yeah, they have people with food. and There's always yeah. – celeb the celebrities aren't as big a deal, I don't think, anymore. Like Who else did you be. play with in your career there? Celebrity-wise, yeah. I played with Michael Bolton. Hell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had him for – he got a two-stroke penalty for signing autographs on the first tee. He didn't get on the tee in time. And, uh, How about you, Kevin? I, I played with Bill Gross. Oh, yeah. For 10 years. He's the um, – Pimco guy, he started Pimco and Bond guy in the in the market. I, I play with the CEO He's of Hertz. Now. I play with the CEO of Hertz. Yeah, and I got a bag the second year after Trump. I got the CEO of Hertz and he gave me a bag deal for a few years. I actually won Bay Hill, which Hertz was a sponsor, carrying a Hertz rental car bag. I, I still have a relationship. He's with a gold him. member. He's still a gold member. I'm a platinum I'm member. Platinum. I want. <laughs> I don't play the gold I, game. I, how much business gets done during the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro? I would I think like, some. Not, I would think some. I feel like I hear a ton of stories of like, oh, yeah, I got paired with this guy and yeah. ended up doing, doing this. Deal I won the Pro-Am the year we, we played together. I got a lesson in the Pro-Am. <laughs> <laughs> he did. <laughs> That's a true story. I haven't gotten a lesson. I got a lesson. From, Who was that from? From my amateur. What Who was that from? Well, I'm not going to say his name, but it was. it's actually a, a, a good friend of uh, Jay Haas. Okay. But, oh yeah, uh, yeah. I was playing with Kurt Triplett, and um, we we're playing. This is back when they played Poppy, and um, I'm walking off the uh, seventh hole. I three putted seven, walking up to the tee box, and he goes, "Kevin, you're a tentative putter." <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks. 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 I'm do For your sports psychologist, are so, you? So we get to sixteen, 
and we're uh, I tee off in 16, and Kurt Scherfer tees off in 16, so we're walking up to the next tee for the amateurs to hit. And he goes, Kevin, you're hitting it pretty good, but you're taking it back a little close. Yeah. And Kurt goes, oh, my gosh, you're getting a lesson. <laughs> yeah. when, if this is going to happen, you don't want Kurt Triplett in the group. No, group. <laughs> why is that? What's he like? He's oh. going to be, he's oh. going to, he's going to play it till the nth degree. He's yeah. going to it all. He plays it now. He still plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. It, it never ends. It, it, a lot of that has to do with who you're playing with. And Jay Haas is always kind of giving me a heart. So he watched me in the driver. He's like, I think you take him back a little close. <laughs> you, know, you know, you know, what's funny, what's funny about that too, is back to what Kevin, and I think he's a good ball striker, is that, He's always taking the club back a little close. And in 1996, that was different. Now that's what you're taught. Mm-hmm. Kevin's, why? why? For, I don't know. I'm not a technical okay. guy. Okay. I, I'm not that guy. But everyone was close. Nicholas was close. Dravine, everybody takes the club back close. Dustin Johnson does it. You know, all these. It's close is now the, the way to play. A lot of guys do now. That's actually the, the, in a sense, the fundamental best way to play golf is to be a little shut going back. Kevin's been shut, his, I think, probably his whole life a little bit. Do I, again, I don't think Kevin? he even knew it. I mean, I, I am not real technical. I mean, I, 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 am, I, yeah, I don't get into like, you know, I'm not a golf machine guy. Yeah. I, when I was at Fresno State, we had tons of guys uh, golf. In fact, uh, Mike Shy, Shay, Shy, um, was. Uh, DeChambeau's coach was on played at Fresno State, big golf machine guy, and I was like, "Just don't say anything yeah. to me." I, mean, yeah, I didn't like, even know that stuff. That's yeah, I was. They they were sitting over there and talk about all the, you know, physicians and I mean, just stuff that was like it went way over my head. You know, it, you know, everybody's different. You know, it, it seems like it makes it a little harder than it really needs to be, but everybody needs a different reason to play. Paul, can we talk about the the you being a substitute teacher <laughs> on the side like that's right. just fa- well hey I want to talk about the 1992 Yuma Open. Mm-hmm. Man, the these Hogan guys did tour. homework. They did. Yeah. Well, I'm just I mean, I'm so, fascinated by like the early stages so of the Cornbury Hogan. Yeah, back in the Yuma day, Open was awesome. Back in the 90 was the first year of that tour, so I played 91, and Kevin and I both played in 91, and. Um, they have a category, you know, the, the money list after, you know, say you're exempt if you finish in the top whatever, 20. And then if, if, if nobody else wants to play, they go to 21 and, and on. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I started, I got, I turned pro and I, I had a, I was married when we had a child and, and you had to make money. And I, working as a teacher, giving lessons or working in a shop sounded, it, all due respect to the PJ of America, sounded awful. And substitute teaching, this is 1989, 1990, 91, 92, or whatever it was. This was probably 90, 90, 90, 91. Paid like $100 a day. So I could go to work at 8, be done at 2.30, and make $100. I could make $2,000 a month. I mean, you're not making that. I'm not making that anywhere at that point. And, you know, so then there was, they, they needed 50 substitute teachers a day, and they had 20. I mean, it, it was, it was, you could work every single day. I got offered a long-term job. I got offered to be a full-time teacher. Were you dealing with a bunch of bullshit every I only every did middle school and high school. Cause I, I did a kindergarten class once. Oh my God. I was like that. What's that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Oh my God. <laughs> the hardest four hours of my life. Um, no, I didn't deal with, two, I dealt with some stuff. I dealt, it was, you know, Long Beach and it was, you know, Long Beach is a big diverse city. And so you did deal with stuff. There was a guy, you know, the guy, you know, dying on the way, gang problems. And I mean, there was a couple of schools, they'd lock your car into the lot and you couldn't leave, um, those types of things. But again, it paid really well. And again, my thought process was, this is before anything else. And the only thing that mattered was when you, how you, if you, weren't, if you didn't have status, the only thing that matters is how you played in, in October and November. Yeah. That's when tour school was. Who cares if you're a good player in April? It's meaningless. 
So my thought process was, yeah, I need to earn money. I got a family to feed. And then in the summertime, obviously, not substitute teaching, I can start playing mini tour events. I'd practice, you know, go, you know, get done at three and go to the range till five and then, you know, whatever and, and do and just kind of and then, you know, start playing tournaments in July and August and build myself up and be ready to play tour school. And then I got my I got a ho I got the finals and played terrible and, and got but I got some status on the Hogan tour at that time and then played well in a couple of early Hogan events and got better status. But not good enough to do anything, missed it tour school, done, got nothing. And so I'm back substitute teaching. And you know, that tour started on Friday. It was Friday, three rounds, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, prime on Thursday. And this is the first event of the year in ninety two. And I'm twelfth alternate on Monday. So, so I substitute teach on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and they call on Wednesday and say, hey, you're in if you want to play. So we packed up the baby and wife and took up in a car and drove the human one tournament. Kind of, daily, never, kind of a Hogan Tour daily story. You never saw, yeah. didn't play the course that day. Didn't play. I showed up and hit balls Wednesday afternoon or Thursday afternoon, but I had played the I finished fourth in that tournament the year before. I didn't even know there was a sponsor. I didn't even think about asking. Yeah. I wouldn't even know what that was at the time. I guess I could have asked for one and went out one term. I remember those green I haven't terrors. substitute teaching since that day. Quite frankly, Wednesday of Yuma was the last time I ever did that, whatever that night, that Wednesday. of the That was your last? Last substitute teaching day. I have a random question for you, Paul, too. Uh, you were a, a assistant captain on the 2010 Ryder Cup team. Yeah. You never played on a Ryder Cup oh. team. How did you end up in that role? Yeah, so, yeah. That, <laughs> this is a good story. No one knows. I mean, I still, I mean, you really have to ask Corey. So, like, no, way do, before. You, you need to ask way, Corey. So, so yeah, because yeah, yeah. I don't really know. So, way before, like, so we're in Mexico playing in that Mayakama tournament. So, Corey may have just been named captain. So, this is not the year of the Ryder Cup. This is the, this is 2009, maybe March. And he goes, I'm, you know, I'm, I say, I had dinner with him. Yeah, I'm, 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 okay, great. You know, you're going to be captain. Good. You know, he goes, and I'm, I'm picking my assistants, and you're one of the guys on my list. And I said, why? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. I mean, I was thinking, well, he's probably got 30 people. Well, okay, that's nice. Thanks. Appreciate it. If you need anything, let me know. And it just kind of whatever. So nothing, nothing really came of it. But I knew, he, you know, I, I'd play a practice round here and there with Corey, but nothing really came of it. And then we go to Sony in 2010, first event of the year. And I get a call from, hey, Paul, I'm staying in room. We're staying in the same hotel. Can you come down to my room? And I go, okay. And he's got this beautiful room with the dolphin pool right there. It's great. And he goes, I've decided on my captains, and you're going to be one of my assistant captains. And I went, why? I, mean, <laughs> I go, the closest I've ever been to the Ryder Cups when I got up and turned up the volume on the TV. <laughs> That's the closest I've ever gotten. And secondly, I don't get the Ryder Cup. I mean, you got the 12 best American players. You can't figure out who can play with each other. So, this is nonsense. So what were your duties? I go, like, this is no, you? yeah, well, so that gets even worse. <laughs> so I show up and I, I don't know if I should tell this story. This is who are the other, the other story. Yeah, is, is, this, is this the Tiger? No, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you got to tell that yeah. one. So I show up and I guess, you know, I mean, I don't think anybody's even remotely said anything other than why don't you buy clothes that fit that's the most comp that's the biggest compliment i've ever gotten about how i dress how come they don't fit you that that that's it i dress terrible i was going to ask you why you why you always button your that's because i have really top. big neck and really small shoulders okay. and so if i don't if i do unbutton the button then it opens up and i need to wear gold chains <laughs> so right. i have a 19 and a half inch neck dress shirt 20 inch arms it's the hardest shirt in the world so um so on monday we get there we fly in 
we play. They played the tour championship, and we take it. Uh, we, we're doing it, so we have to bring. They have to actually bring two outfits to the course the first day. There's a picture, and then you have to change for what you're. You actually, it's granimals. They actually, yeah. you show up in your room. I didn't pack it, so if you show up at your room, and they have all your clothes lined up, and there's a book, you wear this on what we need you to wear every day, and it's all. It's, there's like yeah, there's like a giraffe and giraffe match up the pant and the whole deal. So I, so, so I get the, well, Curry, what do, you, what do you want me to do? I don't even know what I'm doing. I have no idea. I mean, <laughs> I, what am, how am I going to help? Who so, are the other assistant captains? <laughs> Davis Love, Tom Lehman, and Jeff Sluman, major champions, ex captain You know, going, what in the world? I'm sure they're kind of going, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. I was involved in the captain's picks, and I picked the wrong guy there. <laughs> Who they, was that? They, I, I, we got it down to the last, we had Tiger and, Stuart Sink and Zach were done. So we had one last guy, and I and I picked, I said, you know, we, it came down to. Here's a good story. It came down to Ricky Fowler, J.B. Holmes, and I actually had a player. Charlie Hoffman came up to me. That was like the, after the Deutsche Bank playoff event. Charlie Hoffman comes up to me on Tuesday and goes, "If I win this week, would I be considered for a pick for the Ryder Cup?" And I go, "If you win this week, I'll be more than happy to lobby hard for you." And he won the tournament. <laughs> Charlie Hoffman. I mean, I thought I would have picked him on the spot. This guy came up to me before the tournament and said, if I win, would I be a guy? And he wins the tournament. Called a shot. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And, and so we didn't pick him. <laughs> so we came out kind of, well, who do you like? Came out of the guys, and I like J.B. Holmes. He had played well at, for, for Azinger. He hits the ball really long. He's a, he's a really good player. And they said, and everybody else liked Ricky Fowler. And Ricky Fowler went and played great. <laughs> <laughs> so well, he gets a lot of credit for having that one match, but I don't. Th- he didn't win a match at that at that. Uh, at the, Cup, JB Holmes did no. Uh, Ricky Fowler. He went o two and two. Okay, he did birdie like the last four holes to tie the match. That's right. That allowed us if if yeah. if Hunter Mann would have won his last two holes, yeah. to retain the cup or something. So I, my job the first for really the first few days was I need to sit at the end of the hallway before the elevator, make sure everybody's wearing the right clothes. That, this is my job. That was your duty. And so I was I'm, so hoping that you designed the rain suits, but continue. No, I didn't. But I was, I, would be honest, I was a little surprised when they came up and said, you need to talk to the guy at Sun Mountain. I go, what, 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 we have Sun Mountain, but why? So the rain gear. And I went, they make rain gear? No. Um, yeah, I thought having the names on them was odd, too. Um, so everybody's coming by, and I have to look, and there were gray pants and this shirt and that sweater, blah, blah, blah. And here, okay, boom, 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 boom. Tiger comes out, he's got the wrong pants on. Hey, Tiger, you're not wearing, that's the wrong pants. He goes, they're the gray ones. I go, well, they're the other gray ones. And they, I will admit, they looked exactly they're the same color, just a slightly different cut. We got to wear the other gray ones. And I'm some schmo. Goedos is telling me what I'm to wear. I mean, can you imagine being Tiger Woods and having me tell you what you're not wearing the right clothes? Could you imagine that? I mean, it's just, it's unimaginable that that could happen in the world that this guy is telling me I'm wearing the wrong pants. So. So he goes back and he changes. He's always the last guy too. So he goes back and changes and we get in the car and whatever. We do whatever we do that day. Second day again, I'm sitting there. and the, I, got, I mean, I, I'm like in the penalty box sitting in the corner here, you know. Everybody comes out, Tiger's last guy. And he's got all the right clothes on. Beautiful. So I'm, now I'm going to get, we go down the stairs. It's me and Tiger and Steve Williams. We're going to get, the caddies are on the other wing. We get in the car. It's like a, to take us to the course. We're not, on, we have like a five minute ride. And I go, Tiger, you're wearing your white belt, right? And he goes, yeah. And I go, well, I need to see the belt because he's got a sweater. I'm wearing the white belt. I need to see the belt. And he kind of <laughs> gets up out of the car, goes upstairs and switches. But Steve Williams is, is looking at me like knives are flying out of his eyeballs at me. He's wearing the wrong belt. He wasn't wearing the white belt. You did your duties well. So he has to run back upstairs and change belts. 
And, uh, that's why but they, after that, 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 that's why they put you in charge yeah, of yeah, clothing. Yeah. Because I, I have that. I have that. Yeah, you know, if 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 the holes cut in the wrong place, I could care less. But you know, the little things just drive me bonkers. So, to this day, you don't know why you were selected as an assistant. Captain. He thought. Well, I think he was looking for. Hey, look, he, everybody has outside thought, the box. Yeah, yeah, that was his thought process with yep. me. And I don't know that I came up. I think I was more comic relief than anything else. But the best part is the first day. It's pouring rain. We only played like five holes, and I got. He gives me Jeff. Overton and Bubba Watson. And this is the brilliance of Jeff Sluman. Sluman's the assistant captain, and rookies are problematic in Ryder Cups. I don't know why rookies are problematic in Ryder Cups. At least I didn't. Now that I've been there, I understand. It's a it's unbelievable off tournament. But rookies always cause problems. And Sluman goes, well, why don't we just put them together so they only ruin one group? <laughs> Which is, that is Jeff Sluman at his brilliantest. They play, and they play good, though. They? So they get up, and it's pouring rain. The first hole's a driver and a three iron for these guys. And Somehow, Patrick, in front of us is Tiger and Stricker playing whoever they're playing, and Patrick Harrington's playing with whoever against us, and Harrington hits into him, flies it on the green, rolls. They're up there putting. The ball goes flying around and over the green into the chipping area. I'm going, what is he doing? What is going on in this? I've never even seen that on a PJ Tour other than you. I've never seen Esteban. Other than Esteban. Me. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. So <laughs> I think, did I hit into something? No, you don't hit anybody. <laughs> so I'm thinking, that was kind of It's pouring, right? That was kind of weird. So... Overton hits it in the same place. And then Bubba's making bogey, and then whoever Overton's partner's making bogey. Maybe it's Poulter or somebody. And so they're both over the green. The chip shots, it's this hardest shot, it's as you can imagine, Harrington hits it about 20 feet by. So they've got, they're going to make bogey, looks like. And Overton's over this ball, and he's going to, he took like three minutes to hit this. That's a putter up over the chip. And I'm, it's pouring rain, and I'm going, oh my God, I go, it's getting dark. And what's this guy doing? Hit, just hit the ball. I mean, when makes it. One up. I went, holy shit. I'm on the radio. He just fucking made it. That's unbelievable. He can't get it on the green from there. He made it. Next hole, bubble, par five, Bubba Watson knocks it up in front of the green and two makes birdie. Two down. We get to the third tee and Colin Montgomery's standing there with his hands on us. What is going on? You're losing to these two schmoes? <laughs> and Goidos. And Goidos Who are these guys? They, be, they win like three and one. Was that Kaboom Baby? That was the that was or the next baby. match. Yeah, he holds the Boom Baby. He holds yeah. a four. I, I, obviously, that that match, you know, Ian Poulter played the best of any, but Ian Poulter and Graham McDowell played really well. Graham McDowell won the last match, but on the American side, Tiger played well. Tiger and Stricker were a good team. Jeff Overton was the best American player that week. He really played great golf. Bubba had a tough time. His father was ill. Blah blah blah. And it, it was, it, they, they played as a team really well. Hmm. But you got into it as an official, though. Didn't oh, I you? did, yeah. Well, that's a whole other story. Well, that's, what we're, that's what we're here for. So I'm, I'm, so, I feel like I'm interviewing so you. Yeah. That's why another <laughs> ma- so we had all this rain. This is How much time have you got? This By the way, this is weird. This, know, but yeah, this, story, this story is why Corey had you as... Maybe. I wanted. No, I, think, I think I should have been in charge of dealing with the media. But but he also knew that you were willing to stand up. Oh, for, yeah, 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 yeah. You weren't going to back up. So we're playing. So it's, I got Bubba and Overton are playing Jimenez and somebody. I, I'm so bad at it. This is the, part, this is the <laughs> worst part about being ago. 55. And so we had had all this rain, and we're trying to figure out how to get all the matches. And so we're actually having it the um, day – where there's everyone's playing all six matches, so we're having four matches of four ball, and two matches of two ball alternate shot, and in the infinite wisdom, they went two two best balls out, then the two alternate shots in the middle, and then the two more best balls. Well, put the 
What are you it doing? It is confusing. Yeah. Well, what do you do? Why don't you put them out first? Because they're going to play faster. So, so the guy from the PJ America, the guy who sets up the golf courses, you know, he is. So he goes, well, what we're going to do is we're going to have them play through you. I go, what is this, the Pasadena two ball? What, what do you mean they're going to play through us? This is nonsense. <laughs> Why wouldn't just to put out them out first? Them, yeah. well, there's this, there's always this strategy. Well, yeah, they want to. So the guy in the last group in the morning, they always put in the first group. They they try to screw with pairings that way. So they make people wait and stuff. That's a little bit of the strategy, I guess. I didn't get that part of it either. You know, so we're playing, and it's Tiger and Stricker playing alternate shot, and they're in the behind us, and on number two, they they're they've hit and they're waiting for us. And I go to our walking rules official, who's a member of the European PGA of Mary. He wasn't, a, I don't think he was a European rules official. Goes, are they going to, they're going to play through us. And I go, are they going to play through us right now? So we're not going to hit any more shots. He goes, no. Okay. Well, Overton's got to go to the bathroom. And it's 10 billion people. It's only four. It's only four. It's way more condensed. Yeah. And so I have to get them to a bathroom. So I have them pushing people out of the way and it's muddy. And it's, I get them to the bathroom and they play through us. And I come back. And Jimenez has hit a shot. He didn't want to wait. So he hits his third shot into the par five while me and Overton are in the bathroom. And Bubba comes up to me and Bubba goes, he hit and he, was, he wasn't away. I was away, but I was waiting. So now he's hit out of, in a sense, hit out of turn. And then Jimenez is saying, no, we didn't hit out of turn. I was away and I didn't want to wait. Now there's this big argument. And I wasn't there for it to, to happen. I didn't know it was, he told me we weren't going to play. So just calm down, Bubba, it'll be fine. You know, and they, they, they tied the hole. Next hole's a par three. And we get to the fourth hole, and there's a, now there's a, another group, the second group that's playing alternate shots, catching up to us and waiting. And I go to the guy, I go, look, they're not playing through us until we finish the hole. They want to play through us. You know, they have to do it after we finish the hole, not in the middle of the hole. And that was ridiculous. You lied to me. You said they weren't going to play any more golf. We left. They played golf. This is ridiculous. No more. So they he goes, that's fine. So we play the fourth hole. So we go to the, him and as whoever's partner was, and they had the honor, we're, gonna, we're not going to tee off on five. We're going to let them play through. Okay, it's getting dark. We're only going to play a couple more holes anyways. And then they have a mess. So, so they're out there taking rulings and drops, and they take like 10 minutes to putt on the fourth. They take forever, and we're just standing there. And Sergio and him and as, well, we need to play. I go, well, fine, we can play. I'm great with that. But they're not playing through to the next hole. And then, no, we're going to wait. So we, had, we sat there and waited for 15 minutes, and we played one hole, and it got dark. And I'm, I was screaming at this rules official. I'm going, this is a joke. You screwed us on the last. This is, I feel my job. I, the players need to play. I'll sure. take care of the. I told this to Bubba. I'll take care of the rules official. So I'm giving. I'm, the, whole, the whole time on three, the third hole and the fourth fairway, I'm telling how you, you know, you're incompetent. And I'm just way overreacting because I'm emotional. <laughs> and... So they, then they, we play the next hole, and then they call play because it's gotten too dark. And they, so your, your thing is I get the players. I get the players. I boom, I get them in there. And now I got there, and I'm stuck, and I go, I don't have a ride back in. So I, there's a cart coming by. Hey, get, I jump in the cart. It's the rules officials. Oh, <laughs> I just berating yeah. them. <laughs> and I'm going, I probably should walk in at this point. <laughs> but, yeah, so, so I, my job, I guess, in that was to, you sent you to, you to take some of the heat off the players too. Let them go out and play I'm while. Just, I'm just laughing, thinking – Thinking about Bubba and and Jimenez interacting. It's an interesting like, group. <laughs> yeah. it's an, it was an interesting group. We can't let you go, Kevin, without talking about the 2002 match play. Okay. What's, what were your expectations going into that week? What was you? Had, you played David Duvall in the first round. I did, and it you know it's 
you know, my expectations were, you know, what were you? You were a sixty-two seed. Oh, 62 seed. You know, I, I, I'm not sure I had expectations really, um, except for the fact. Well, Paul credits. No, I called it on Tuesday. <laughs> I just said you Paul's credited. Paul's gloating right now. Yeah, he was. He said that he called it on Tuesday. That and was going to win. We're, we were Tucson, and I said they asked who's going to win. Like Kevin Sullivan's going to win. He plays well in California. He's always San Diego. He's Torrey Pines. He dominates. Yeah, I did play well in San Diego. You know, and he's going to win reason. this tournament. I mean, I was semi half kidding and semi being loyal, but I called it on before the match started, and I know that because they came into the fitness trailer and you were two down with two to play the first match. I was. I go nice pick. Well, that, that was that's where I was going to go with it though. I, you know, I, the reality is, if I go back, I was actually I felt like I was hitting the ball really well leading into that tournament. Um, I, I I was struggling a little bit with the putter and. I went to the claw that week for the first week I've ever putted with the claw. In fact, I can only put with the claw three weeks total. <laughs> <laughs> one was winning the WGC. One was a one was a win of a world event, but so I guess maybe I should have stuck with it longer than that. I remember I, I remember I used it at the Masters that year, and I putted so bad that I just I don't think I ever putted with it again. It just totally ruined my my claw putting, but whatever. So I get to um, I'm two down with two to play, and. Um, it's just funny how where things go, you know, especially in match play. You know, I birdie 17, make about a 15-footer to win the hole. Make a 15-footer on 18 to extend the match. You know, I, we both par, uh, David and I both parred one, and then I he actually hit the wires on his second shot. Um, and he looked like, I think he hit a nice shot. You got to replay it, Hit the wire, it, right? had to replay it, and then hit it over the green. I knocked it on the green at par five. He didn't get out of the 9-2 putt, I win the match. But it goes back to this, these two 15-footers you make. If you don't make those things, it's like you've lost in the first round. Right. It's nothing. Your career is probably a lot different. Yeah, and all of a sudden you make these putts, and it leads, you know, it, it, it just compounds itself to all of a sudden you win, you know, the uh, the match play. And it's just so, it's, I, I think it, it applies also to stroke play a little bit of that you don't know what's ahead of you, you know. You just keep playing, and, and what's what's ahead of you? You don't know when that good golf's actually going to kick in. And for me, it, it kicked in right then at the right time. And um, and you ran through Furick and Tom's like you were. Yeah, I've I've I, 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 I played Paul McGinley. I, and, you know, I, and I actually I've talked to Paul about this since then, and um, he said to me, I, I played really well against Paul, and and was we shaking hands on 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 our last hole. Um, he goes, Kevin, you can win this thing. And I thought about that the rest of the tournament. Wow. I remember thinking, and I said this to him, he goes, he's looking for his cut, still is, I think. <laughs> but um, he said, to, and I thought about it, he goes, you know what? There's no reason why I shouldn't be thinking about winning this thing. I mean, if, if Paul thinks I can win it, why can't I? Exactly. You know? yeah. He and, didn't know that I'd called. I probably told him a month later. No, I didn't know that. But he, but it, it, but I honestly, every day I was going to the course, I was thinking about, you know what? There's no reason why I can't win this thing. Sure. You know, and, it, and if, if Paul, if other people have this confidence in me, I should have the same confidence. I feel like you've the, I don't know if it's the TV execs or the tours like conspired against. It. Like I feel like you're always cited that that O2 match play is always cited as like. Yo, like this is what can happen if we do match play to <laughs> like Scott McCarron and yeah, exactly. Kevin Sutherland or like the. Yeah. I think golf fans. That's the that's kind of the problem is that we're we're the golf fans fine with that. 
Mm-hmm. It's the it's the ancillary fan sure. that yeah. really is the difference. We have our core, or whatever that rating is. It, it, they're going to watch. That's no not going to change. Yeah. That's not going to change. It's the ancillary fan yeah. that we're quite frankly not great at selling to anyway. We had Tiger Woods doubled the basically television ratings, but we didn't know how to sell to them. And, right. You know, it's not well, necessarily. Then, like, you could be, recurring, what, you but, could be a recurring guest on this right, podcast. I mean, we talk about this all the time. All all the tournaments that Tiger, all the match play Tigers, Tiger won when they didn't change the format had nothing to do with, if it was the McCarran-Sutherland final. Yeah. We're like, oh, we got to change the system. Well, <laughs> well it's know? not, but, but in all due respect, Kevin, it's not just that tournament. Well, Every time Kevin played really well at the tournament, they either redid the course or moved <laughs> well, that's or, or when they did the, uh, he, a few years ago, when you won, oh yeah, exactly. It's they it's changed always, the whole format. It's constant. Like, he, we can't he, have that. We're playing. Can't the, we play that. the we play the we play the Woodlands now on on the championship. <laughs> so Sutherland proofing the tour. They did. <laughs> they, he, we get to know. I, I love the Woodlands. We played there. We play there now in the championship. Mm-hmm. We played there in the Houston Open. Kevin gets in a playoff and loses them to Phil Blackmar. Phil Blackmar moved it to another course. <laughs> Tory Pines. Kevin played well there. I liked playing there. They Tory, Kevin played there like three or four years in a row. Redid the golf course. I mean, Reese Jones came in well. completely redid the golf course. <laughs> At, La- I was La- hoping he'd play well at Cog Hill, but you know, because I hated that place. La Costa, the next yeah, year, they switched the nines. They, they switched nines. They moved every tee back like thirty yards and grew six inches of rock. I'm like, seriously? I'm like, seriously? I was kind of offended. Yeah, like, it's, 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 but it's happened. It's not. It's not an isolated incident. Yeah, no. he, he always used to say he was hoping I'd play well at Cog Hill, so they changed golf courses yeah, it was there. Awful, um, all right, we got to let you guys out of here shortly, but I got two questions. How many times have you guys been fined in your careers? <laughs> Zero. No Zero. None? Uh, four. Four times? What were the incidents? <laughs> well, one, I will say this real quick before he gets into all four. Um, <laughs> one of them is actually every single player on the PGA oh, yeah, Tour, sure. including a few employees, mm, yes. should be chipping mm, in to prepay. to prepay for his fine because it actually they I, but, changed, I, it changed the deal. So my yeah. first fine was I was my rookie year. And I was like 100 and, you know, they, back then making the top 150 was a big deal. You got status. If you were the 126 to 150 category, you played 20 events. Now you played none. Um, and I was like 152, and, you know, that was going to make it. And I was playing Callaway Gardens. And I'm a California guy. Bermuda grass was like, you know, like living on Mars. I was like trying to breathe. I didn't even know what was going on. I'd look a putt and break uphill. And I didn't know what was going <laughs> You're on. In the middle of nowhere, Georgia. Yeah, it's great. I, I, I grew to like, really like the place, but I mean, the first year there, you know, you're kind of, you know, you're in a bad mood. You're, you know, you're missing, you're losing your card, and you don't know what's going on. And I three putt some hole, and I just, you know, mumbled off a few words that you're not supposed to say. And the best, that's fine. I don't have a problem. I think language, you know, we should, it's fine. You're going to find me for that. I really don't have an issue with that. But the best part is the guy wrote a letter to the tour saying that I offended the person standing next to him. I didn't offend him, but I offended the person next to him. I go, well, why didn't they write the letter? How can you, f- I thought that was just a fascinating letter. <laughs> you got fined for that? I did, that was my rookie year, but that was, they're gonna find a rookie yeah. every so time. So somebody's just it, in the gallery. Just somebody in the gallery, yeah. yeah. And then again, I, but how big a gallery can I have at Callaway Gardens? I mean, yeah. it was, I could probably, I probably, you know, I can remember the guy standing in there. What did they change? What were you saying they changed? Well, we so got, this is the next fine. So this is fine number two. I'm at the World Series of Golf, which used to be at Akron before it was a World Golf Championship. And I'm leading. I shoot 66 the first round. The only time I've ever broken 75 at Firestone. And the first round I play there. And I'm playing Billy Mayfair the second round. We both shot four. And they repaired. I'm in the last group. And we get rained out. So I only got to play 34 holes on Saturday. 
and you play, start at seven in the morning and I'm done at you know five o'clock in the afternoon or whatever. And I proceeded in 34 holes, I think I made 15 bogeys and 19 pars. <laughs> it's the hardest course in the world, I think. And I go, now I'm from, I go from leading the turn to like 55th place. And so now I can get a flight home, I'm going home after this week to Orange County, I can get a flight home on Sunday night instead of Monday. So I call PJ Tour Travel. Boop, boop, call him. They answer and they go, oh, sorry, you know, we're closed. Our hours on Saturday are from 10 a.m. till 4 p.m. Please leave a message and we'll get back to you. And I go, you're open from 10 to 4? Well, guess when we play golf? From 10 to 4, you should be open from 4 to 10. <laughs> and I, every word that I have, I mean, I'm in a bad mood. I mean, I yeah. just shelly shot, you know, 76, It was a voicemail? Voicemail, every okay. word I got. I mean, I, I, I released the entire vocabulary that I have. I even made up words that, were, that are dirty. And I just went off for about two minutes. And they find me and changed the hours. <laughs> so you were right. <laughs> they didn't like the... You took one for the team. Yeah, it, exactly. That's back to where I feel like every single... Because it was ridiculous it was, at the times so, I just, But I just went off. Yeah. I just went off on them. <laughs> and that everybody benefited from Paul's... What was it fine back then? 500, 500 bucks. bucks. Oh, okay. What are the other two times? So then I... I uh, we're playing that course in uh, the new course in San Antonio, the TPC, yeah, the, 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 the divorce course. So <laughs> yeah. I'm playing Saturday, and I hit a bad shot, and I buried an eight iron in the fairway. She went, you know, one of those berries. Yeah. Rules official salt and wrote me up. I go. That happens mm. every day. Yeah. I go. Well, not every day. It was Frank, every Frank Kavanaugh. And, I, and he gave me, he tells me on before on Sunday. So he sits me at breakfast after my round. He goes, hey, I wrote you up for burying your eight or whatever iron on 10. And I go. What? So what are you even talking about? If you have that, that's that's fine. Write it up and send it to the tour. Don't tell me the next day at breakfast. Yeah. Come on, Frank. You're just what, you're rubbing it in my face? Come on. <laughs> Let me yell at somebody else about it yeah. later on. And that one was whatever. And then and then I also have the other distinction of being fined and making a hole in one in the same nine. You got fined for a hole in one? No. Colonial. <laughs> what did you do after So you colonial. Know? Yeah. Like, I probably, this is in Feinstein's article. So I'm colonial. Saturday, it's a nut house. The 13th hole, all those people, I make a hole in one on 13 at Colonial. The place is going nuts. I mean, it's, it's bedlam. And it was really one of the cooler things that happened. You know, it's so only hole in one in a competition mm-hmm. on the PJ Tour. And, you know, they do the caddy races. They, it's bedlam. That's a great pink hole out. to have. It's yeah. pink out. Yeah. Everybody's wearing pink for breast cancer. What? It's just nuts. But, so, so if you, I don't know if you, so when you're, you tee off 13 and 14, the tee's in the same place, mm-hmm. which is kind of odd. So I kind of get my ball, I walk up to the tee, and we put out. The group behind us is not on 13, not on 12, and I, I think we see them on 11. Oh. They're two holes behind us. But I don't what do I care, right? It doesn't matter. Just I mean, that's, that's, that's their problem, not yeah. my problem. So we tee off on 14 and whatever. We get to 15, and the, the pin's in the front left behind this bunker with a hazard behind the pin. The greens are hard as a rock. It's 100 degrees out. And I got drive it really good. I'm in pretty good shape. I'm probably in the top 15 or 10 or something. And I'm thinking, I can't hit it at the flag. I mean, if I hit a 9 iron, I'm at 9 iron. If I fly a pin high, it could go in hazard. So I play to the right, 20 feet, and I hit it 20 feet, a good shot, hit a good putt, make par. So we, we put the flag in, we're walking off. A guy pulls up in a cart to syringe the greens because they're too hot mm-hmm. and just takes the hose and just soaks the green right next to the hole. And I'm going, oh, and the reason he did is because the group behind us is two holes behind, so there's a gap. I'm going, oh, well, okay, he's got to do it, but I'm not happy about it because 
now if I'm playing, I can hit it at the flag. So mm-hmm. I see this guy hosing it down. 16, the pin's behind the bunker. Straight down wind, you know, that back right pin. You can't hit it at that no. into the wind. Yeah. Hit it, lands pin high, goes over the green, dead, make bogey. He comes back and comes back, hoses the, the green down. Hold on a minute. Something's not right here. 17, the pin was tucked in the right corner. I hit a shot, lands pin high, jumps in the back bunker, make bogey. Guy comes out with the hose, hoses the green down. And three times. Now I am sideways. <laughs> I am sideways. Driving on 18, good. There's a rules official. The group behind us is on 15. 18 and 15 are kind of near each other. They're not, you can tell, there's no rules official. They're not on the clock. They're two holes behind and they're not on the clock. Mm. So I'm walking down the 18 and see a rules official sitting under the, in the shade under some tree over there. And I walk up to him and said, so the penalty for being two holes behind is having perfect greens that you can hit shots into? And I explained to him in no uncertain terms, this is bullshit. We're out here. These guys are two holes behind. Yeah. The only reason they're syringing the greens is they so they get to play. So the penalty for for slow play now is not a fine. It's better greens. And I'm I'm screaming at him. And the crowds are the fans are sitting there, and he wrote me up for yelling at him <laughs> in front of the other people <laughs> for embarrassing for him. embarrassing him in a sense for not doing his job. Right. Well, now they said there was a massive. They had a, what happened is that somebody in that group had hit, hit it in over the grandstand on nine, and it took them like forty minutes to give the ruling. Which, yeah, Which grandstands, grandstands do. We've yeah. changed the rule about grandstands, and that's fine. But you give them a couple holes to catch up, and you put them on the clock. Yeah. 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 All right, last one before we let you go. I was told to ask you, Paul, how you got the nickname Sunshine. Well, that's actually in dispute. It's in dispute? Yeah. There was a rule. There was a, before you guys were 30 years old, so you guys aren't even born. There was a, Mark Mitchell used to be a media official on the Hogan tour, blonde-haired guy. He, now we're, he, he might have given it to me. Jeff Sluman also likes to to come up with that but it kind of comes from feinstein's book he said i could find a cloud in every silver lining that was it was the line that kind of did to the sky there's this concept that i completely disagree with that i have a that i'm negative i completely disagree with this by the way i just think i have too high expectations i had the expectation having the expectations of tiger woods in the game of paul goitus is going to lead to some bad stuff Wouldn't you agree with that, Steve? But you'll always no, have the right belt on. I would agree. Yeah, but yesterday, I, the, but Sluman, I think Jeff Sluman's the one who coined it and made it stick. Your, my favorite hat that you used to wear was a hat that said Lucky. Lucky, on. yeah, everybody liked that one. Yeah, yeah just Lucky. Lucky was that Lucky it. brand? You for the jeans? You know? Yeah, Lucky. <laughs> cool. All right, well, we'll let you guys go. This went longer than uh, than we said right. we'd keep you, but that was an absolute right. blast. You guys Good. were a treat. So anytime, we'd love to. In the, I want to uh, get you back on and talk, talk like you're commissioner for a day. Like you two are commissioner for a day. How are you fixing? <laughs> Slow yeah, play. Yeah. How are you fixing all sorts You're, of stuff See, there's like a mistake that. there. You're making a mistake. You're under the impression that the PJ Tour wants to fix slow play. Yeah. The, that, the, the premise of the argument is wrong. But I'll say this. Can, it, we, can we talk about that real quick? Here's, here's my issue with slow play, though, in the PJ Tour and all this, is that it's the only sport in America, major sport in America, that's not addressing the speed of the game. It's the only sport. We it, basketball wants to play faster. Football is is playing faster. Baseball, Basketball oh is God. getting rid of timeouts. Baseball is trying to find a way. Well, the World Series didn't help. It didn't help, but they're trying to find a way to like shot clock, whatever. It, I mean, pitch clock. I mean, anything to speed up the game. 
And golf is doing nothing really to speed up the game on the high competitive level. So, and it's something that has, and I think it's going to take guys like Kepka, who what, he, what she's doing, to because it, it's going to take the elite player to say this is wrong and something needs to change before anything actually will change. But it's the only sport that I can think of that doesn't care, just seem to care about the speed of the game. Again, you know that it start kind of this started a little bit with Eduardo Morinari posting the pace. I think the pace of I didn't mm-hmm. see it, but I think he posted mm-hmm. the pace of play stuff about the European Tour. And the reason you know Fleshy made a comment about this, and I've been on the board of the PJ Tour, I'm on the Champions Tour, board of the Pack a bunch. There on the PJ Tour, I don't, I can, I got to think the first twenty years I was out there, pace of play was discussed in the Pack meeting and on the board, maybe not the board level, but definitely at the Pack level. Every single meeting, at a player meeting, every single meeting, they talked about pay supply. And nothing's changed. So, after 20 years, and it's probably been 40 years, I think the premise of the argument needs to change. That the PGA Tour, the USGA, they don't want to speed up play. They're happy with the pay supply. Right now, I mean, again, Thursday and Friday with 156 guys, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. But, you know, comes the weekend, if you play an hour faster... That's an hour less of beer sales. That's an hour less of food sales. That's an hour less of commercials. Yeah. This is a business that these guys, again, they may be giving you know, lip service about trying to improve pace of play, but they are doing nothing. I got in trouble on Twitter because about, I don't know, four or five years ago, a Chinese kid, 12, some 12 year old Chinese kid played in the Masters. How old was he? 14 or 15? 14, yeah. And he got slow play penalty. Go on to him, yeah. He got slow play penalty at the Masters. Yeah. And I tweeted out, I go, God, we've had slow play for 100 years, and it turned out to be a 14-year-old kid from China. was the whole problem. This is nonsense, and they penalized him. It's nonsense. Yeah. That was the most ridic- ridiculous thing I think we've ever done in our sport, do you was feel to like, penalize a 14-year-old kid at the Masters. Do you feel like guys now, just talking to certain guys, they said, hey, when I came out on tour, you know, guys like Arnie and Jack, they would pull you aside and say, hey, you're – you're slow as shit versus now it's like the players don't really police it as much Is that I told a player once he was slow I've done it David Ogren I remember I had a little incident with him in Hawaii I mean you are playing for a 300 million dollars and again if everybody plays absolutely as fast as they can on Saturday in a twosome let's say right now they're taking four and a half I don't know say they're taking four and a half on a slow course and four hours on a so they're playing three and a half right that's fast that would be I'm thinking maybe Again, that's that's four commercials that you don't sell. Mm-hmm. Unless you have to alter, you have to start altering that a little bit. Is it worth that the headache that's coming down the path of penalizing and fining guys for fifteen minutes? That's the que- the question. Isn't how long does it take to play, or how long does a particular shot take? Are you willing to deal with what's coming through legal action that's going to come from this? Wait a minute, Jack Nichols played you know, slow every shot he hit. This guy took two minutes and you didn't do anything. I take a minute and a half and you penalize me. Do you want to deal with the legal ramifications to save 15 minutes? If you're a business, now I'm not saying the players don't want to do that, but if you're Jay Monahan and his legal team, do you want that? I think that where I fall out, and college golf's not helping either. Yeah. No, no. Nor is, nor is, I mean, I think the AJGA is probably the I don't Best know ones that. as far as but what college coaches it. are doing out there now is just is nonsense. Yeah, I but mean, uh, and your your brother's a college coach, yeah, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, um, they're killing it, Sacramento State. They're doing good. Yeah, yeah. they are. Yeah, right. they are. They won the tournament last. They won this one in uh, Hawaii, and he's had uh, two uh, two individual wins the last two weeks. Nice. Yeah, but going back, like I, I think when Monahan comes out and almost comes out in support of JB Holmes a couple years ago. 
at Torrey Pines when he took, what, four minutes to hit a shot? playing against Norin and that playoff yeah. and all that. It's like, like for me, if you're not willing to even, to even crack down on the most egregious, right. That's kind of my, point. you know, right. transgression. So maybe you need like, to change the premise of the question. Yeah. If the, if the same answer keeps coming up, then there's something wrong. And if the answer isn't wrong, it must be the premise of the question. Yeah. You wonder what TV, th- I mean, cause honestly TV makes the whole thing work. I mean, I wonder what they think. I mean, are they, are they going guys, we need to, this thing needs to be faster. But they're in a set TV window. They're in a well, window, they, right? it gives them time. They just don't do a good job of it. Of like, gives you more time to get around to different shots when you have right. it taking individual players. And they're good longer. at it now. They know JB slow, so they don't go With to that. JB for a minute and a half. Cantlay is a good friend of mine. They, 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 at first, they didn't know how to deal with right. Cantlay. He'd sit there and take. Now they don't. They go to him later. Yeah. So some players, if they don't know how to, Patrick's position. He got a reputation of being a very slow player, and part of that, I'm not saying he's not, but part of that reputation came from TV didn't know how to deal with it. Right, they went to him. They went to him too early. Before he started his waggles, right. yeah. Is, yeah. Is, is the European Tour still doing that shot clock tournament? They do yeah. the shot clock masters, yeah. 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 I, I, each individual situation is different, right? right? I mean, if you got a wind gust, if you get a windy day on that tournament, that's going to be kind of a disaster, I think. And yeah, you get it. I don't think, I don't know. You also have to tie, if you're going to really do it, you have to tie, you have to have a rules official in every group time in every yeah, exactly. shot. Exactly. It's, or or it's a moot point. And it's a lot. Shot it, link is not accurate enough. No. A volunteer on, a, on an iPad is not accurate enough. And that's, and that's going to, that, that, so it's just a money thing. It's I mean, a money, sure. It's a money yeah. thing. Yeah, for 15 minutes. We're not talking for three right. hours. Yeah. For 15 minutes. It's half a Seinfeld. <laughs> it all comes back to money. So, all right, all right, cool. We're finally letting you guys off the hook. Thank all you guys right. so much for your time. Best no of luck problem. in the final here in the championship. Thank you. Thank Cheers. you. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. 